You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Our God is beautiful. He's altogether lovely. Beautiful in every situation. Beautiful in every nation. Beautiful in Canada, beautiful in Nigeria, beautiful in all over. Praise the Lord. He's our God and he's always doing wonders. How many of us are expectant? Praise the Lord. He's mighty to save, mighty to deliver. Our present help. When we need him, he's not far. Is our ever-present help in the time of need. And we know that if there is a need, Jehovah is there to meet us in the name of Jesus. He answers prayers. He preempts prayers. He knows the things that we have need of even before we begin to ask. As a father pities his children, so does our father anticipate. The children don't tell the father school fees is due. The father anticipates it, isn't that? So that is... Our God, he does even much more than that. Praise the Lord. Okay, this evening we go back to our text that we looked at on Sunday. And we'll pick some things from there. And then we pray. Praise the Lord. Um, we took our reading from Second Kings, thank you, chapter 6, from 24. I don't know, maybe we should read it again. For those who were not here on Sunday, or for those, it's a bit of a long one. Okay, let's read it. Let's read it. There is a blessing in reading the word. Praise the Lord. Second Kings 6, we'll read from verse 24. And it happened after this that Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, gathered all his army, and went up and besieged Samaria. And there was a great famine in Samaria, and indeed they besieged it until a donkey's head was sold for 80 shekels of silver and one-fourth of a cab of dove droppings for five shekels of silver. Then, as the king of Israel was passing by on the wall, a woman cried out to him, saying, Help, my lord, O king. And he answered, If the lord does not help you, where can I find help for you? From the threshing floor or from the winepress? Then the king said to her, What is troubling you? And she answered, This woman said to me, give your son that we may eat him today, and we will eat my son tomorrow. So we bought my son and ate him. And I said to her on the next day, give your son that we may eat him. But she has hidden her son. Now it happened when the king heard the words of the woman that he tore his clothes. And as he passed by on the wall, the people looked. And there underneath, he had sackcloth on his body. Then he said, God do so to me and more also, if the head of Elijah, the son of Shaphat, remains on him today. But Elijah was sitting in his house, and the elders were sitting with him, and the king sent a man ahead of him. But before the messenger came to him, he said to the elders, Do you see how the son of a murderer has sent someone to take away my head? Look, when the messenger comes, shut the door and hold him fast at the door. Is not the sound of his master's feet behind him. And while he was still talking with them, there was a messenger coming down to him. 
And then the king said, Surely this calamity is from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? Chapter 7. Then Elisha said, Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, Tomorrow about this time, a sea of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel, and two seas of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. So an officer on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Look, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, could this thing be? And he said, In fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. Now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate, and they said to one another, Why are we sitting here until we die? If we say we will enter the city, the famine is in the city. We shall die there, and if we sit here, we die also. Now, therefore, come, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we shall live, and if they kill us, we shall only die. And they rose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses, the noise of a great army. So they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. Therefore they arose and fled at twilight and left the camp intact, their tents, their horses, and their donkeys, and they fled for their lives. This is so funny. Someone is running and he leaves his car. He leaves his uh, bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord. They left the things that should have made them run fast. When the Lord's hand is in something, there, is a, there are wonders there. Praise the Lord. We'll soon see. Okay? Verse 8 says, And when these lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they went into one tent and ate and drank and carried from his silver and gold and clothing and went and hid them. Then they came back and entered another tent and carried some from there also and went and hid. Then they said to one another, we are not doing right. This day is a day of good news and we remain silent. If we wait till morning light, some punishment will come upon us. Now therefore come, let us go and tell the king's household. So they went and called to the gatekeepers of the city and told them, saying, We went to the Syrian camp and surprisingly no one was there. Not a human sound, only horses and donkeys tied, and the tents intact. And the gatekeepers called out and they told it to the king's household inside. So the king arose in the night and said to his servants, Let me now tell you what the Syrians have done to us. They know that we are hungry. Therefore they have gone out of the camp to hide themselves in the field, saying, When they come out of the city, we shall catch them alive and get into the city. And one of his servants answered and said, Please, let several men take five of the remaining horses which are left in the city. Look, they may either become like all the multitude of Israel that are left in it, or indeed, I say, they may become like all the multitude of Israel left from those who are consumed. So let us send them and see. Therefore, they took two chariots with horses. And the king sent them in the direction of the Syrian army, saying, Go and see. And they went after them to the Jordan, and indeed all the road was full of garments and weapons which the Syrians had thrown away in their haste. 
So the messengers returned and told the king. Then the people went out and plundered the tents of the Syrians. So a sea of fine flour was sold for shekel, and two seas of barley for shekel, according to the word of the Lord. Somebody say amen. amen. His word will surely come to pass. Okay? Now the king had appointed the office on whose hand he leaned to have charge of the gate. But the people trampled him in the gate, and he died. Just as the man of God had said, who spoke when the king came down to him. So it happened, just as the man of God had spoken to the king, saying, Two seas of barley for shekel, and a sea of fine flour for shekel, shall be sold tomorrow about this time in the gate of Samaria. Then that officer had answered the man of God and said, Now look, if the Lord will make windows in heaven, could such a thing be? And he said, in fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. Verse 20, the last verse. And so it happened to him, for the people trampled him in the gate, and he died. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. The passage we've read is self-teaching. Praise the Lord. It is really self-teaching. There shouldn't be much, you know, that one should um, look for in there, because it's so apparent. From beginning to end, what we see from this passage is the supremacy of God, which is what we try to establish on Sunday. God rules his world. Praise the Lord. God rules his world, and he doesn't leave us guessing. He rules his world according to his word. Praise the Lord. So he lets us know what is happening, what will happen, what he will do, and he does that by giving us his word. If you understand, if you study the word of God, you will know what is happening and you will know what will happen. From the word of God, we know that God wins, isn't it? Praise the Lord. He is king. He rules over his universe. And when we look at this text, it begins by telling us about the might and the effectiveness of the Syrian siege. Verse 24 says, it happened after this that Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, gathered all his army, all, and went up and besieged Samaria. To besiege a city means they block it round about. So nobody comes in, nobody goes out. Now what happens is that after a few weeks or months, the stockpile of food and you know, supplies that the city has runs out and they enter into starvation, which was what the people did. If the army inside doesn't have enough force to break out and attack the other army, they die by starvation. And that was what was happening here, you know, before the intervention came. And I want you to see how a situation that looks so hopeless, that looks so dark and terrible, all of a sudden can turn around. Why? Because the mighty one, the one who has power, is your God. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, for intervals and for a length of time, persons, individuals, groups may seem to exercise power over men. But don't forget that God created the heavens and the earth by his power. He had no conference. He said to Job, where were you when I was creating these things? Where were, did I seek cancer from you? Praise the Lord. As long as God created the world on his own, nobody, no people, no army, no nation, praise the Lord, no tribe has risen in his earth that can stop his cancer from being established. Praise the Lord. So we see this Syrian army and see how terrible 
and how strong, how effective they were. But I want you to come with me. I want you to see uh, uh, the next chapter, verse 7, and see what happens there. Verse 5, I read from verse 5, chapter 7, verse 5. The lepers rose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, what? No one was there. Now, what happened to this powerful army? Verse 6 says, For the Lord had caused the army of Syrians to do what? To hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses, the noise of a great army. So they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the uh, Egyptians to attack us. Now, now, verse 7, this is their conclusion. They, because of that, they arose and fled at twilight, leaving the camp intact, leaving their horses that we referred to before, their donkeys, and they fled for their lives. Now, you know, oftentimes our problem is how will God do something? Now, this is how he does one of it. Praise the Lord. This is what, how he does one of it. No human mind, no human cancer, no team of generals would have suggested solve this problem this way. Praise the Lord, somebody. What did God use? He made them now. Two things there. First thing is that God determined what they heard. Praise the Lord. Was there a sound? There was no sound. There was no sound. It reminds me, you know, you watch some of these uh, local movies. And you see some persons in a house and one person is running. And the other people in the house can't see anybody chasing him. But God can raise a sound and terrify those who terrify you. Praise the Lord. He doesn't need to hear me. The people, they sound their head. This is what the movie people will call effects. Sound effects and visual effects. It's, <laughs> praise the Lord. Our God is awesome. That's, that's just what I want. Our God is mighty. When, we, when you think of power and you think of all the power you can imagine, keep it here. And keep God's power beyond and above the heavens. This is not the first time he's doing it. If you flip back in chapter 3. When the army, the, the uh, Jehoshaphat and the king of Israel, they were stuck and they needed water. You know what they were asked to do? They say dig ditches. And when God filled the ditches with water, the Moabite army, when they came out, God made them look at water and say it was blood. <laughs> Praise the Lord somebody. I think we should give him a shout of praise. So God can influence what your enemies see. He can influence what they hear. He can make, you know, different ways. There's one that he made them to have a dream. That is the God we serve. If he wants, he can now send even angels and kill them. His options are limitless. That's the truth. Look at what he did. Without an arrow, a victory was won. We've said here that the interest of most battles in these times were spoiled. And if they actually fought, maybe they would have got... These men ran, leaving everything, including their horses, including their chariots, everything, gold, silver, clothing. As they ran, they were dropping more. Why? Because when God gives victory, it is total. And I declare total victory for our nation in the name of Jesus. Total victory for the people of God in the name of Jesus. The army you see, the Egyptians you see today, soon and very soon, we will see them no more. God will give us victory. They will flee. The Bible says they come against us in one way. How do they flee? There may have been an agenda to rise against God's people and against the nation. 
but their scattering will not have an agenda. In the name of Jesus. In, in verse 14, in verse 14 and 15, when they went to search for them, I like that part also. It says, therefore, they took two chariots with horses, and the king sent them in the direction of Syrian army, saying, go and see. 15 says, and they went after them to the Jordan, and indeed, all the road was old, full of garments and weapons, which the Syrians had thrown away in their haste. That is how God is able to terrify our enemies. They are frightened out of their body. What was left was for them to cut their hands and keep. They left with their clothing as they were running. They were dropping barbariga. They were dropping, you know, turban. They were dropping everything. That's what it says. They left. Praise the Lord. So that's the first thing we pick from here. No enemy, no opposition, no force can stand against the Lord. The songwriter called it when he sang, who can stand against the Lord? No one can and no one will. Praise the Lord. Victory always belongs to Jesus. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah, somebody. Amen. That's the first person we see there, the first group. The second person we want to look at from this account and learn something is the king. Now, this king, this king is, a, I think, is it Joram or Jotam, a son, the son of Ahab. And we see his response, which he had some wisdom. When the women cried out to him in verse 26 and said to him, help my Lord, O king. The king gave them the truth. He said, if the Lord does not help you, where can I find help for you? So the king knew enough at this point, praise the Lord, that deliverance comes from the mighty God. Okay, so he gave them that answer. But there is something we see about this king that we want to pay quickly. When the women told the king their story, the Bible says, verse 30, Now when it happened when the king heard the words of the women, that he tore his clothes, and as they passed by, they saw that he had what? He had underneath him sackcloth. Now, sackcloth was the wearing of the attire of fasting and mourning. It was what people wore when they were mourning. To wear sackcloth, you know, you'll be afflicting yourself because it will be eating you. It's like, um, it's, like it's sackcloth, it's sackcloth. Abaji, how many of us know what? Uh-huh, I don't know how it's, you know, it's coarse. You know, it will hurt you. So, the king was mourning. But you see, what we don't understand was how come he covered it. But Beyond that, we want to see something there. The king in this state, 31 made a statement after the women told him this. So sackcloth represents fasting and prayer, isn't it? He was seeking the Lord for solution. But look at verse 31. Verse 31, the Bible says, The king said, God do so to me. And more also, if the head of Elisha, the son of Shaphat, remains on him today. Now, I want you to see something here. Isn't there a problem? This man is, fasting is to humble yourself before God. Fasting is to say to God, you are right, we are wrong. We need your intervention. We need your help. Okay? Fasting is to say, I can't do anything unless you do it for me. Okay? But at this point, we see this man's statement. And the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, what happened? The mouth speaks. So, was it complete hypocrisy? Was it that this man was unstable? We're still going to find more. Because if you read further on in verse 33, the king said again, he said, Surely 
These calamities from the Lord. You can put NLT for us if you have it. Surely these calamities from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? Now, you can't set out to mourn and seek the Lord's intervention and then decide along the journey, if I don't want God, praise the Lord. The Bible says, he that comes to God must what? Must believe that he is. You start from the end. You must believe if you're coming. Why? Because if you don't start with that faith, you can't get anything from him. But thank God for his message. This is what he said, the king said. He says, all this misery is from the Lord. Why should I wait for him, for the Lord any longer? But we saw on Sunday that all this misery was because of the sin of the people. It was their disobedience from Deuteronomy 28. Didn't we read it? It was because they didn't stay in the blessing. So they went and lived in the cousin. This king showed us something which I want us to learn a few things here. Because he was praying. Initially he said to the woman, if the Lord does not answer you, where will answer come? But we see his attitude. So we see that his prayer was faulty. And one of the reasons why prayers don't seem to get answers is because we have very faulty prayers. The Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not. He will not hear me. We can see the statements this man made. First of all, he sounded very pious. And then the next thing he said, I'm going to cut off the prophet's head. That is the man that is fasting and praying. And the next thing he said, he's not even waiting for God again. He's going to handle this his way. So we learn a few lessons there. First Timothy chapter 2 verse 8, you can put it on the screen for us. Some things about prayer. He said, I, I desire, therefore, that men do what? Pray. Prayer is important. And th- this is a subject that we need to understand at this time in our nation. Because a lot of people are praying now, isn't it? Most even government is praying. The, uh, I think it was last year that the Nigerian uh, army organized a religious intervention for solving the uh, security crisis. Okay? But this is what this verse says about prayer. Let's read it together, everybody. I, therefore, I desire, therefore, what? That men pray everywhere. How should they pray? Lifting up what? Lifting up holy hands and again what? Without wrath and doubting. You know, everything you see there, you see in this king. He was praying, but he was doubting. He was praying, but he had serious anger against the prophet. How will God hear him? And besides, if you read his story, his hands were not clean. Now, these are the issues we should deal with concerning prayer. Prayer is not so much how long you spend, unquote, praying. Prayer is also not so much the time. We've addressed that here. There is nothing more powerful about a prayer you pray by 12 midnight than a prayer that you pray by 12 noon. Praise the Lord. Because the truth is that where God is, there is no clock. Your 12 midnight is somebody's 12 a.m. Are you getting me? Your 3 a.m. in the night is somebody's 3 p.m. So those things don't impress God. And unfortunately, those are the emphasis we have. The, the church has emphasized on the theater of prayer, the theatrics of prayer. So people do all kinds of things and, you know, take all kinds of shape. You see some, you know, posters where you see the man lying flat. Some they're even lying on the mountain. Praise the Lord. But what does this scripture say? Men should pray where? Everywhere includes what? Mountain, if you like mountain climbing. Praise the Lord. By all means, climb mountain and pray. But it will not make your prayer more spiritual. 
than the one that the person prays, you know, in his house or in the church or in the school, at the workplace or driving even in the car. Praise the Lord. Now he says, pray everywhere and then do what? Lift up holy hands. The hands must be holy. Even at the, the, the uh, secular, there is a saying that says what? He that comes to equity must come what? With clean hands. So as you lift your hands, you must be sure that those hands are ready for inspection. Praise the Lord. You, you've seen those movies where, where um, somebody is injured in a fight and then an innocent bystander wants to call police and they say, don't call police. Have you seen it? You know why? The person that is injured is on the run from police. So someone has done him harm, but the harm he has done to society is pursuing him. So don't, you won't help him by calling police. Now, that is what he's saying here. He said, lift up holy hands. You're coming. You must be sure you have settled your matter. Praise the Lord. So it's not I'm reporting. You know, in Nigeria, the person who reports first to police and brings money is the right person. Uh-huh. But it's not like that with God. So when people are saying, let my enemies fall and die, be sure that when the matter is taken up, you won't be the one that is falling and dying. Are you getting what I'm saying? When you're praying against all those that are fighting you, be sure that you're not the one fighting them. We have to be sure. These are the things. It says holy hands. In fact, in Psalm 24, let's look at Psalm 24. It says, who shall ascend? Psalm 24, 3 and 4. 3 and 4, please. He said, who may ascend into the hill of the Lord or who may stand in his holy place? Look at what 4 says. It says, he that has what? Clean hands. Can you see the same thing? Clean hands. So your lifestyle is 90% of your prayer. Let me just put the conclusion. The way you live is 90% of your prayer. You say, he that has clean hands, he that has a pure heart. So before what you say, what is in your heart is much more powerful. It's like a check. If you picked up my checklist now, praise the Lord, you have my checklist, isn't it? And let's even say, okay, account number is in the check. The bank is there, everything, okay? And let's say there is money in the check. Can you easily draw money from my account? But you have the instrument and you can write. So you can write, pay, so, so ever, um, 500,000, whatever amount, and do all of that. But what would the bank check? You've brought the checkbook. They're going to check the integrity of that document. Now, before God, your heart is where the Bible says, God speaking says, men look on the outer, but I got to do what? I look to the heart. So, whereas men will see and hear when we are praying or you're praying, people will hear the volume of your voice, okay? They might even see your movement or they might see the way you're moving. How, how is that move, head movement? Who, who has been there before? They might see all of that movement. You understand what I mean? But God is not looking at any of that. God is looking into the heart. God is looking at the relationship you have with him in the heart. He's looking at the relationship you have with people in the heart. That's what he's saying. He that has clean hands and a pure heart. Then the next one says that has not lifted his soul to what? An idol. Now, that is very important. Let me just, you know, mention, talk, deal with that briefly. Now, a lot of times when people come to pray, they pray to God on behalf of an uh, uh, idol. I hope that catches it. You see, you can come to God and command God to do something that is against his will. If he's God, then it's his will that should be supreme. I get what I'm saying. When you come to God and you keep something that must happen before you, 
then essentially what you're saying is that this thing is more important in this discussion than God. So it says, he that has not lifted up his soul to an idol. And that is why, that, that, that is the opening where uh, uh, familiar spirits and all kinds of things begin to come in. Because once you have set your heart on something, everything you hear, even good morning, will sound like that thing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You have set, that is your direction. Anything that they're saying, you won't hear again. It, it, it's this that, uh, you know, makes a lot of people, they come for cancer. And when you finish counseling them, they're very angry with you. Most times they won't say to you openly. You know what? You've just got, you didn't tell them what they came for you to tell them. Praise the Lord. So they came for counseling, but that lifted their soul. They, had found, they have a solution. So all the stories they told you, the five points they told you, they want you to arrive at the conclusion they had before they came to meet you. And if you don't give them that conclusion, you are wicked, you're insensitive, you didn't hear whatever. But that is what the Bible is saying here. You can't come to God on that basis. You, when you come, let God be what? God. Praise the Lord. And every man secondary. Okay? Nor has sworn deceitfully. So we see that all these components of prayer, this king didn't have it. But we thank God for mercy. Praise the Lord. But, but some part that we don't miss in the First Timothy 2.8 before we leave there is it says, without wrath, Without wrath and doubting. Two very powerful, you know, short words there. He says, he that doubts is what? Is like a wave of the sea. What? Unstable. If I'm going to come, I must say, Lord, you are my final bus stop. Like we see in this king, he came, but he had his executioner with him. God, this thing is taking long. I'm not waiting for you any longer. We will not do that. When we come to God, we'll be ready to wait. Praise the Lord. To do what? Wait. Psalm 27. Let's see what it says. Psalm 27, 13 and 14. It says, wait, I say on the Lord. Psalm 27. Okay. Um, let's do 14 first. We'll come back to 13. It says, wait on the Lord. Be of what? Good courage. And he shall what? Strengthen your heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. As you and I are praying, we must develop, acquire the strength to do what? To wait. To wait on the one we are praying to. Praise the Lord. The God we are praying to, he will come. Somebody say amen. amen. He will come. The God we are praying to, he hears and he will answer. He sees and he knows. Okay? That takes me to the second party here that I want us to look at. The women in this story, who do you blame? There are two women in the story. What do you think about the women? Anybody, what do you have to say about these women? About their situation and what happened? I'd like a woman to help me. You know the Bible says, can a mother forget her nursing child? She though she may forget. So it's a difficult thing. What do you think about the situation of these women? Were they, are they blameless? Do they have blame? What can we learn from them? Anybody? Yes, please. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Let's clap for her. She said there was no reason, no matter the circumstance, to be involved in evil. Praise the Lord. The wrath of man can never produce the righteousness. It can never aid the righteousness of God. It can never aid the solution of God. Now, the first thing I want you to see 
which was shocking for me when it was, you know, I saw it, was that, can, do you know that the day after this woman killed her son and ate, food became common thing everywhere? What do you think will be the life of that woman? She will go mental. If she's normal, a day after, one day, this thing happened today, then the next day there was food everywhere. So even the more evil woman was, we can't call her wise, most, um, I don't know which word to use. Praise the Lord. Now, what was the problem with this woman? It's something you and I must deal with. It's a case of utter despair, which you and I must fight against in our circumstances and our situation. Never allow yourself to wake up or find yourself in a situation and say there is no hope. You can say, I can't see a solution. But like we've seen in this story, but as long as God is in the heavens, praise the Lord, as long as God is God, he can make a way where what? There is no way. That's the failure of this woman. She lost hope. And the Bible tells us, 1 Corinthians 13, Okay, it says now, faith, 13, 13, you can put it, now faith, now abides faith, hope, and love. Okay, these three things the Christian must always see to it that he has them, the combination, this trial, faith in God, hope in circumstances, no matter what you see. Because these women, you know, for, for them to get to this point, things must have been bad. Praise the Lord. Things must have been bad. But, you see, she, she hadn't died. She had enough strength to kill her son. Even if the son was five months or whatever. It, it takes strength. That strength could have been spent in waiting. In enduring. But you see, when somebody loses hope. The person doesn't think normally again. The person doesn't reason. Vision has gone. The Bible says where there is no vision, what happens? The people cast off restraint. This woman had gotten to the point where the only thing she could see ahead was evil and worse evil. The other woman was, was just, she was more evil. But I don't know which word to use. Because that woman now and her son had food to eat. Praise the Lord. And then if the case were even judged, there will be no reason to kill her son. Why? Because there is food everywhere. But the other woman who had lost hope, what am I trying to say to us here? Misery, depression, hopelessness. When you wake up and you look at your life, whether it's uh, biologically, there's a diagnosis, or financially, or anywise, or as a nation where we are now, and you don't see hope, that is something to fight against. Praise the Lord. Because if you lose hope, you lose God. If you lose hope, you lose divine intervention. You can't be there to say it. Like we see in this story, I, I, I want to show you something. What happened in this story is this. This woman got to the point where, as far as she was concerned, what is there again? And that's what we see in the verse 13 now of Psalm 27. The psalmist said, I would have lost heart. I would have lost heart. Psalm 27, 13, yes, please. I would have lost heart. What does it mean to lose heart? If someone has heart attack, is he alive? If somebody loses heart, is he alive? No, he was saying, I would have been gone. What kept me? 
Unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land. I want everyone here to confess, I will see the goodness of the Lord in my life in the name of Jesus. I will see that, that you see the, 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 this is a, the psalmist said I would have had a heart attack unless I had believed. Now I'm believing for you, believing for me. What does it cost to believe? What does it cost to believe? He didn't say unless I had facts. He didn't say unless the situation looked promising. He said unless what I had believed, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Now. I'll tell you about some, some, some experiment that was done. I, I think the man's name is uh, Dr. Cut Rich or something, Dr. Cut Rich, an experiment that was done in the 1950s. In, the 19, in 1950, not 1950, so it doesn't sound like it's a tale. A few of us may have read the story. So he was a Harvard professor, psychology professor. So he did an experiment with rats. And he brought some rats and kept them in water, okay? And, you know, put them in bowls of water. And when he put these rats in these bowls of water, the rats will struggle, will kick. And after about 15 minutes, they begin to, you know, they, be, they begin to die and sink to die. So, what he did was some of these rats, at about when they begin to sink, okay, in the water... He brings them out. That's 15 minutes. He brings them out. Dries their body. Keeps them on on the table. They are dry. A few minutes. And you know what? He puts them back. When he puts them back, guess how long they stayed in the water? You read a lot. The rats that were dying, all the rats, average survivor was 15 minutes the first time. But when they had experienced deliverance, when they had been brought out and their bodies dried, okay, and kept a few minutes and put back, the rats stayed, you know how many? 60 hours, 240 times longer doing the same thing. Their physical ability was the same. The water was the same. The environment was the same. What had happened was that these rats now had hope that that hand that brought them out will bring them out again. Child of God. Are you getting what I'm saying? The psalmist said, I would have lost heart. That is key. Unless I had believed. The, the, this second set of rats that had believed that help was coming. Why people die is because they say help is not coming. That's what happened to the woman. It wasn't starvation. It was hopelessness. It was hopelessness. And many of us as believers have found ourselves in situations where we just say nothing can happen. No, not without God. Those are equipments, assets that we have as Christians. We have the almighty God. These rats believe that there is an almighty hand. So maybe after their 15 minutes, they said this hand hasn't come. So they gave the hand another 15 minutes, which made it 30. Then they doubled the 30, which made it one hour. And for days, they were cycling in the water. 60 hours before they started sinking again. But the ones of first trial, because they had never experienced deliverance. 
These are the things that you read and you understand why God will say to us, why will you limit me? Is there anyone here who hasn't experienced the Lord's divine intervention? Is there any, you know, unquote, we're not right to, that God's hand has not brought out before? Healed before? Provided for before? Delivered from accident before? Are you getting what I'm saying? That is the lesson we learn from this woman. No, a lot of times death is not because help wasn't coming. It was because hope had gone. May your hope be rekindled. In the name of Jesus Christ. May our hopes be rekindled. In the name of Jesus. So we, we learn that from the woman. And you know, we look at the four lepers. And then we look at the officer and we round up. The, the four lepers, what lesson do we learn from these four lepers? We mentioned them on Sunday. The first thing we see from these four lepers is that whatever and however your life is now does not disqualify you from being an instrument in the hand of God. Not many wise. You see our calling brethren, not many, not many mighty. When we say God is looking for people to use to deliver Nigeria, don't, be, don't, don't look to your neighbor, look to yourself. Praise the Lord. Oh yes, praise the Lord somebody. Yes, four lepers. Lepers, as you could see in this story, lepers in, the, in, in, in scriptures were outside of the city. They couldn't even come in. But you are in the city. Praise the Lord. You have the spirit of God. You belong to the church of Christ. I'm your brother, you're my brother, you're my sister, I'm your brother. You have family. You have all of us. You get what I'm saying? Your, your, your case is not that bad at all. Praise the Lord. In fact, the Bible calls you soldiers. Amen. The Bible calls you apostles. It says, the Father has sent me what? So send I you. That word send means an apostle. The Bible calls us disciples. So everyone listening to me here, you are better, you're more qualified than the lepers. And if God could use them, then God can use you. In the name of Jesus. Now, but, but what we see that helped these lepers is very simple. It was Christ in them. How do I know? Come with me to Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 and 15. It was Christ in them. The Lord said, look, look, look at the secret there. Before you go to Hebrews, leave Hebrews. Let's look at the text. Verse 4 of the text. Last part says, if they keep us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall what? What's the last part? Second Kings 7, 4. The last part says, it says, and if they kill us, what will happen? Say we shall only die. You know, I, I talked about checks. I used to wonder before, why is it that somebody will write a check for 400 million and still add only? It should be pay no cake, 400 million, plenty. How can you put 400 million and finish it with only? Praise the Lord. Now, look at this four lepers. They said, die only. Let me say, die is only. Because for the Christian to live is Christ and to die is what? Until you and I as Christians get that thing of fear of death out of us. Now, let's see Hebrews 2.14. That was the secret of these lepers. If they were afraid of death, they wouldn't be part of this. Inasmuch then as the children are partaking of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same. That what may happen? That through that, he might destroy him who had what? So death has power, but not over you and I. Are you getting it? 
There must be a difference anywhere such matters come up. Those who have Christ, it says, he that believes in me, though he were dead, shall what live. And he was alive. He won't die again. That is what it is. So it says that he might destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. So there was a time the devil had this power. Praise the Lord. But look at 15 now. It says, and release those one who through fear of death were all, let me hear you say all, all their lifetime subject to bondage. This is the problem. This is why some lepers will not move. This is why many Christians will not move. This is why many people that God wants to use for deliverance will not move. Why? They are afraid. They think death is plenty. I was discussing with a friend of mine and asked him some, a question. I said, what is the worst thing that can happen to somebody? He'll die. I mean, so I asked another question. If the person, if that worst thing doesn't happen, after 100 years, what, where would the person? So that death must always happen. So why don't you die a hero? Why don't you die fulfilling purpose? Why don't you die carrying out her I'm not saying anybody should be careless. But the fear of death, mm-mm, not for believers. It says release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime what? Subject to bondage. It was the fight that these lepers for. They said death is only. And when they made that statement, heaven said we found people we can use. May the Lord find you. May the Lord find us in the name of Jesus. And we've learned here that this death could imply loss of job, loss of convenience, loss of privilege, loss of friendship, loss of clout. Sometimes it's not physical death. I know this is the right thing, but I know that if I do it, you won't be my friend again. But if you be my friend, I die inside. Which one is better? Which one is better? I have the job, I have the money, I have the contacts, I have all of that, but I'm dead inside. You know, just like you look at some of these people that are in this government. You want, I, I was telling my wife, I said, I wonder how these people sleep at home. When you're just speaking lies, you know you're lying. Even your mouth is coming out and saying, oh, but you're lying. You know, I, I don't know how they survive. They must be taking something to keep themselves, you know, safe. I can't live that life. Praise the Lord. It's not an easy life. We must pity them. May the Lord deliver them in the name of Jesus. It's not easy. Do you know why? Do you, praise the Lord. Thank you. Do, do you know why actors get paid a lot? Acting is not easy now. Brother, come. Brother, come. What's your name? Sorry? Frank, what do you do? Eh? You see now? Now, now, now. Now. You know, as you are now, eh? You're a sensible, young, nice man. Eh? They, they now give you a part and say, act madman. Eh? And then you tear your clothes. Is it easy? If the person has to go to his mind and remove sanity and bring in sanity. That's why they pay them a lot. Do you get what I'm saying? Now, now I'm trying to help you see the body in these people I can. When do you know the beauty of being yourself? Do you know the liberty of saying what you want to say? That's why when I come here, I, there's some there's a lifestyle I can't live because I just come and tell you people. Because when I come here, my mouth doesn't have break. I'm telling you the truth. I can't do people why when I come, my, my mouth will know when is after that I'll be listening. I say, Oh, I said that. Do you understand? The liberty, being free, nothing compares to it. Do you understand? When they give you a part, you can't be yourself. They say enter into the character, isn't it? What it means is that the character arrests you. You become bound by that's why they pay them. God bless you, sir. Thank you. 
It's not easy. It's not easy. He say, he whom the sun sets free is what? It's free indeed. You are who you are. You don't dance to people's to You say what is right. You do what is right. You're free. When you're light. Believers are light. I don't feel heavy. I answer my door. And most times I don't say who is there. Because whoever is there, Jehovah saw you. I didn't see you on CCTV, but heaven CCTV saw you. You must be bringing a blessing. If, you're, if you have problems, you come for solution. I will solve it. Do you understand what I'm saying? We, we, we are blessed. Don't trade it for nonsense. Don't trade it for farming. You know, some people say, Pastor, you can't do this. The day they put you in that state where you must walk in a particular way, you must talk in a particular way. The other day, my wife said, I have to stop going to the market. I said, I will never be bound. I will go to the market now. Am I not a human being? Am I not a human being? You, you must never, I, you want to carry, they say, let me carry this. They say, are you coming? Let's clear space for you. Uh, who clears space from your bedroom to your bathroom for you? Don't enter bondage. It's for liberty. Christ has, to be honest, Christ himself showed us an example. He was free. Do you know the protocol he could have organized? Some of us may have seen all videos. Some of those videos I think are fake. Some of those things are people just acting. One, one man that was go, going to do um, an outreach somewhere in the east. Did you see it? Where people were running, you know, the entourage that was going to receive. Some of those things must be a joke. I don't think human beings can be that stupid, you know. But, but you see, what, 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 what is there? Don't you know who you are? Even if everybody is shouting your name, don't you know who you are? Don't you remember when you were like this? Don't you remember when uh, Mukos was coming out from you? Do, should anybody deceive you? Don't you remember yourself in the bathroom? They're telling you you are this, you are this, and you're getting carried away. You, you know who you are. Uh, Shoki said, waiting you be. Waiting you get. Do you understand? I mean, we're just vessels in the hands of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Free. No bondage. Okay? I mean... So, so I, I don't understand this. I don't understand how they can live double lives. You know? I don't understand. And that's why, you know, you, you come here, you just hear the word simply and like that. Because you, you, you can preach this word and be far off there. But the word is simple. The Bible says the common people, one of the best compliments I receive as a pastor, is that your messages are so simple. I say, thank you. That means I'm close to my master. Do you understand? Be, because... The Bible is not for PhD holders. It's for the lost. It's for young. It's, it says, unless you receive the kingdom as what? Little children. What, what is that? Jesus has done it all. We obey him. Trust and obey for there is no other way to be finished. All of us are what? Beneficiaries of his grace. That's why when we finish the service, we say, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know what? Without the grace, no man can stand. Without the grace, no man can speak. If Peter, Peter had grace and he was boasting, saying, Master, Master, if all these small boys forsake you, me, and me, Peter, and me, Peter, I, I did, I did, can't be. Jesus looked at him. You know, the, the Bible, read your Bible. How many of us love reading their Bibles? Read your Bible. There is comedy, there is, you know, is it comedy? There is humor, there is action. You know, there are all kinds of things in the Bible. Jesus said to Peter, the cock will not crow. You know, you just follow it. The cock will not crow. The cock crowing is daylight. Until you have denied me what? Which meant if Peter remembered it eh, and refused to deny, they will not break. Oh no, you people are joking with me. Are you getting what I'm saying? 
He said, they will not break until you, Peter, have denied. Which means if Peter did like, you know how you're struggling with something, I won't, I won't fail. Then they will also wait for Peter. Whenever he got tired and denied. That, that's, that's how powerful the word of God is. That's how powerful. He said, the cock crows about 4.30, you know, 5 in the morning. He said, it won't crow. They'll be waiting for you. And surely, they waited for Peter. The moment Peter did the last one, Peter finally. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Okay, so the last set of person we were to look at this on Sunday, but weren't able to. Verse 2 says of chapter 7, 2 Kings 7 verse 2 says, So an officer on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Look, if the Lord will make windows in heaven, could this thing be? This is where the problem is. When creation does not know that it's just creation, somebody made you. Now, when that officer spoke, you know, you know so, someone, was, someone wrote a book. I think it's, um, is it Ruben Abati that is in uh, Channels or Arise now? He was, he was essayed to the president. You know, he wrote a book and he said, I think, I think he said that there are demons in Asorot. There are demons that enter these people that are close to power. They don't think well again. You know, this man, he sound, he, the way Garibashehu and the rest of them sound now. When Elisha spoke, you know, he thought he was serving another, maybe PDP, APC and all of that. So he thought they were on the same level. He said, even if the Lord, the mistake he made was he was called officer of the king. This king, Maximum, if he reigned, the longest king that reigned in Israel was 50-something years. If this king reigned for so long, let's say 60 years. But the person he was speaking to was Elisha, the officer of the God of heaven and earth. They are not on the same level. You see, the Bible says, believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophet's word, so shall you prosper. There are levels and there are levels. Officer of the king, mind your business. So, do you understand? These are not, that, that's why when people are speaking in here, leave them. These are not federal government affairs. The man said, even if he thought it was propaganda. And this man of God did not hold his mouth. He said, okay, you will see it, but you will not eat of it. May man of God not speak, genuine man of God not speak such a thing concerning you. In the name of Jesus. Do you get what I'm saying? The, 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 the Bible gave him his title. He's an officer upon whom the king lived, which he was the king's number one person. His right hand man and all of that. But he was an officer of a human being. When heaven speaks, who is a man to question it? I get what I'm saying. Who is a man? And, and his question would have made sense if he was talking about a fellow earthly king. But look at what the prophet said. Let, let, let's see what the prophet said. Go to verse 1, please. Verse 1. Then Elisha said, hear what? The word of the Lord. Not the word of Elisha. Hear the word of the Lord. Not the word of Elisha. Hear the word of the Lord. Tomorrow about this time. Now, I, I, I'm not saying it's easy to believe that. But I beg, there are some things you just keep your mouth shut. Eh? Praise the Lord. There are some things you just keep your mouth shut. You know why? Proverbs 18.21, as we try to run. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of what? The tongue. Death and life. 
is a trigger. You know, you know can, can you leave that? Come, uh, put put uh, Numbers 11 for me, please. Numbers 11, 21. 21 to 23, if you can put it together. This was where Moses started having his problems. When, when the people were disturbing God for meat, Numbers 11. And Moses said, you know, the Lord, the, the, the Lord said to Moses, okay, I'm going to give them meat. Don't worry, I'll give them. Moses said, <laughs> he said, Lord, the people whom I'm among are 600,000 men. On food, that's talking about soldiers. He's saying not counting women and children. He said, yet you have said I'll give them meat, that they may eat for a whole month. Shall flocks and herds be slaughtered for them to provide enough for them? Or shall all the fish in the sea be gathered together for them to provide enough for them? 23, look at what the Lord answered. Let's read it together. And the Lord said to Moses, has the Lord's arm been shortened? Has the Lord's arm been shortened? Can you give us the Living Bible, please? The Living Bible. Thank you. He, says, he said to, the, to Moses, when did I become weak? These are questions you have to throw at yourself. When did Jehovah become weak? When did the sun start falling and rising? Eh? When did the earth start oscillating out of balance? Dad has told us, Dr. Onus has told us that if the earth moved one millionth of an inch closer to the sun, we melt. If, the, if there is anything out of that, to that level of precision, we won't exist. The God who is holding all these things together, let, let's see which one do we have. Let's see, easy to read version. He is the God who is talking to you, sir. He's the God who is talking to you. He's the one who says, trust in me. He's the one who says, wait a minute. He's the one who says, I'm coming. Praise the Lord. He's the one who says, I will deliver. This afternoon, I get connected. You know, Mom, she will pray. He said, the God of Jeshurun, who writes the heavens. I, when, that's, when you hear that scripture, you know that God is not going to drive through Kefi Road. They might block Kefi Road. I get him when, he, might, he won't come through Abuja Kaduna Road. He's riding the heavens. He's coming from the clouds. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? That is the God we serve. When Moses was saying, he was thinking fish and meat to be slaughtered. Did they bring fish? Did they slaughter meat? Did the people eat meat? Let's rise on our feet. The songwriter sang and said, God of wonders beyond the galaxies. That's the God we serve. That is your God. That is my God. That is the God of the Christians. That is the God of the Christians in Nigeria. The God of wonders. It may seem as if we are surrounded and there is no hope. Truly, when you look around at this level, their plot is thick and tidy. But there is a God in heaven. The God of Jeshurun. The God of the Christians. The God who can bring water without a well. <laughs> the God who can bring meat without slaughtering cow. Are you getting what I'm saying? The God who makes a way even where there is no way. That is our God. He's the God of wonders. He's the God mighty, mighty to save, mighty to deliver. I want you to open your mouth and begin to exalt that Lord above every circumstance, above every situation, above every imagination, above every difficulty, above every trial. He is mighty to save. Is it a financial situation? He turns things around. Some of us are thinking, if you were to do this and do this and do that, like the man that fella told about, about saving money to buy, is this ceiling fan? If you save and save and save and save, the naira is, you know, even for a as you're saving, fuel is going on. Whatever it is, there is a God in heaven 
Who can make things happen in a moment of time? He is our God. I want you to lift up your faith and place your faith in that God and place your expectations on that God and just exalt him and just magnify him and just lift him up. Just worship him. Sanctify the Lord, the Bible says, the Lord God in your heart. He said, is there anything too hard for me? That is what he said to, to uh, Abraham. He said to Sarah, Sarah, why are you laughing? Abraham, why is your wife laughing? She's 90 years and she's laughing that I say she'll have a child. Sister, what is here to you? Brother, what is here to you? It's a number. God controls the heavens and the earth. He changes times and seasons. He makes a way. He is mighty. I need you to use that power that is in your tongue. Proverbs 18, 21. And declare that the faithfulness of God is upon your life. That the God you serve is mighty to save. I will wait on the Lord. I will trust in the Lord. I will believe on in the Lord. Yes, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 18, 21. Can you just leave the message version there for us, please? He said, the choice is yours. And we are making a choice. Message, yes. He said, words kill, words give life. They are either poison or fruit. You choose. Today we are choosing to declare the counsel of the Lord. Whose report will you believe? I will believe the report of the Lord. His report says we are free. His report says we are delivered. His report says favor is upon us. His report says we are blessed. His report says we are strong. His report says I'm fruitful. His report says I'm prosperous. His report says I'm obedient. His report says I'm righteous. His report says I'm holy. His report says I'm patient. His report says I'm kind. His report says I'm forgiving. His report says I'm safe. What skill was give life? That your either poison or fruit. I choose life. I choose life. I choose confidence in God. I put my trust. I put my confidence. The song says, I make my boast. The psalmist said, I will boast of the Lord in the congregation of the people. I will tell of his faithfulness. I will believe. I will believe my God. I will believe my God. He does not know how to fail. Our God cannot fail. The God of the Christians does not fail. Behold, he comes. Behold, Jehovah comes. Behold, he comes. Riding upon the wings of the wind. My God will come. The God of Jesus. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The covenant keeping God. The prayers you made, he will answer. Wait. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord, sister. Wait on the Lord, brother. Family, wait on the Lord. You're watching me. Wait on the Lord. He has heard the cry. He has heard the prayers. He has seen the affliction of his people. He said to Moses, I'm coming. I'm saying to Nigeria, your God is coming. I'm saying to the church, the true church, your God is coming. He said, I've seen the afflictions of the people of this country. And I'm coming. I'm coming to bring deliverance. <laughs> I'm coming to teach the hidden a lesson. I'm coming to turn things around. I'm coming with mercy for the righteous. I'm coming with mercy for the repentant. I'm coming with mercy for those who fear me. And there is judgment with me. For those who are haughty. For the blood-sucking ones. For the violent. I'm coming. Behold, he comes. Behold, he comes. 
Lord, you have said to us, if we humble ourselves and pray and turn from our wicked ways, you will hear from heaven and you will heal our land. Lord, we thank you for you here. You will hear not because we are right, but because of Jesus Christ. Because of the blood that was shed upon the cross of Calvary. We lift up that blood, O oh Lord, to speak for our nation at this time. And we cry for mercy, Lord. We cry for mercy, Lord. We cry for mercy, Lord. We say, Lord, arise. Let your enemies be scattered. Let those that hate you, O oh Lord, let them flee. Like the Syrians fled. Let them flee. Let them flee out of the nooks and crannies. Let them free out of Sambisha. Let them free out of Niger State. Let them free out of the bushes and forests of this nation. Let them flee from Nigeria. Let them tell their relatives in Chad and in Niger that terror has pursued them out of Nigeria. Oh Lord, arise. As wax is melted in the fire, so Lord, melt our enemies away. As smoke is driven away by the wind, so Lord, drive them away. Drive them away. Kasola Kale Gerebando. Lift up your voice and pray. For Jehovah hears. Jehovah hears. Jehovah hears. He's mighty. He's faithful. My strong tower, my shelter from danger. Masale Geribado Sundo Ganda Kalabosha Kale Geribado. Don't worry, just pray. My deliverer, my shelter from danger, my strong tower. Kaposa Lagarabo Jinde Geribada. Lord, we worship you. 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 Exalt the Lord. Magnify the Lord. Tell him he's mighty. Tell him he's awesome. Tell him you're waiting. I don't know about you, but I'm waiting on the Lord. I can't wait to tell my own part of the story. I can't wait to say it from my angle. This is how it is. When the Lord turned the captivity of Zion, that's what he did for this nation at this time. And that's what he would do for us. He turned the captivity of Samaria, of Israel, and it was like a dream. Turn it around, O oh Lord. Zole gerebago shenda garabo sandale gerebanda. Masola garabo shenda. Kaposha la garabo zondo. Le kosha kalago shenda. Because he's coming, he's coming. Jehovah is coming. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 703 You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org God bless you.